Rugby League fans, welcome to the NRL Back 3 podcast. Round 3 is done and dusted, and boy, oh boy, what a perfect round of football. Well, actually, I, I stopped right there. It was nearly perfect. All seven of eight games were absolutely extraordinary. And then you've got that fucking Warriors-Tigers game. Jesus, what a piss-poor effort. LJ, how was your weekend, mate? Oh, a nine out of ten. Oh, that's almost perfect. Just like finding that dream girl and then realizing that she has a Samsung. So you have to ditch her. <laughs> but for me, you know what it is. It's time for some man love moments. And whoo, Craigie or Fitzy or best friend, whatever you want to call it. I love you, man. I love you, man. Thanks for bringing the Sharks DNA back and for letting Talakai out. He's a peacock. You got to let him fly. <laughs> Squid, what about you? Absolutely, LJ. And what a peacock tail he has, man. Just as far wide as he can spread that thing, I think will get the Sharks really well this season. But for me, boys, challenge is over. Back on the bears. And it's like it never left. It was like riding a bike. Speaking of bikes, so how much did you achieve this weekend, Squid, on the bears now? Did you... Bike a marathon, or what'd you get up to? I'm not sure if you heard, LJ, but I was back on the beer, so all those extracurriculars are out the door. It's just beer one, beer two, beer three, and so forth. And I'll try again the same this weekend. <laughs> oh, back on the beers bike, Squiddy. Oh, how good. Now, how good, boys? Oh, for me, boys, it had to be that Eels Storm game. Now, this is NRL. This is the game that you want to watch. It was literally on a knife's edge from start to finish. And I'm actually quite happy that the Eels got the win. You know, Storm are a champion team. We fell in love with them a year or two ago, but uh, I kind of like the fact that the Eels can beat them. It, it makes things very interesting. So obviously a very entertaining game with quite the finish. I reckon probably one of the most entertaining finishes in history. It was awesome. How about you, Squid? What was good for you? Yeah, that's right, Coach. We were treated to a little bit of semi-final football early, early in the season. And if that's something to set the standard, well, we're in for a good cracking year of NRL. But for me, boys, it was Valame knocking the shorts clean off AJ Brimson. Now, I'm not too sure if you guys saw that, but this has got to be contender for tackle of the year. And I know that this was probably going to be uh, LJ's how good for the week because... He got a clean shot of Brimson's hammies after those pants just came off. <laughs> you know, it, it did actually make a nomination for the steadies, and it was actually on the back of Reese Walsh's little spear tackle on the sideline, which didn't really change the game all that much, but it was a fantastic-looking tackle. And then, fuck, he came in and did this. Oh, I just had to throw that Reese Walsh tackle out of the nominations for the steadies, but fantastic. Villami. Villime. I don't know. How do you say it, Squid? Villami. Villime. Villami. Kick out. Oh, yeah. They spelled quite different. <laughs> oh, Vellame. Fuck, that's what it is. Vellame. Vellame. Anyway, LJ, mate, how good for you, brother? Oh, it was going to be the hammies, but then I had to change it. How good for me was Kurt Mann for getting sent for an HIA when he was blatantly holding his groin. He was clearly having a little head injury. He did have his hands down there for a little while, so you can see why the bunker had just seen enough and had to send him off. and needed some ice so he could cough up some blood in the changing sheds in peace. <laughs> I'm glad the bunker stepped in personally. We've only scratched the surface on concussions and yet to explore the downstairs concussion. <laughs> NRL ahead of the world on this topic. Yeah. We salute you. <laughs> now, we do also know that 
these little heads do exist because didn't someone call out wayne bennett a few years ago about having a, a little thinking with his little head instead of his big head <laughs> was was that us did we call him out can't remember who it was wasn't it nathan brown <laughs> anyway worried as boys speaking of nathan <laughs> brown jesus fucking hell what happened to the warriors on the weekend lj tell us what your thoughts on this game I don't want to talk about last week because we won. So I'm talking about this week and what I'm worried about. That our best player, the all-star of the Warriors, goal kicker, the captain of our hearts. Boys, you know who I'm talking about. PC Kipu. He's been named on the extended bench again. Number 22. He's just He just needs the light of day. He's a prop, but he can kick. He can pass. He can play 80 minutes. He is the next Warriors all-star. Why is he not played? Coach, what's got you worried? Oh, yeah, mate. Well, we all know it. The Warriors were absolutely trash over the weekend. Just to list off a few stats, they had 30 missed tackles, only two forced dropouts. Pathetic. One line break. Only one line break. Six offloads, which is completely unheard of. And between the two teams, there were 12 errors each, 24. This has got to be some sort of record. I mean, that game was fucking horrible. And you know what the worst part was? It wasn't even raining. The Sharks game was pissing down and they had less errors. So, Jesus, this game was probably the worst game I've ever seen. Squid, how about you, brother? Oh, mate, I'm just going to have to kick off. We left it there, Coach. It was absolutely dreadful. And I think for me, the worst part was that it was actually on a Friday. So it gets the Warriors game out of the way. And then I just had to dwell on it all weekend and then just watch all these other teams play better than them over the weekend. I'm just like thinking, for fuck's sake, when we come up against even the the shit teams of the rest of them we're just going to get absolutely smoked i'd rather the warriors play last game on sunday and then just have to not worry about it for, for the rest of the weekend to be honest it's got me pretty worried as i do notice that when we lose this terribly on a sunday i do go into work depressed though that's the one thing that's the one thing at least i've got a few days to just chill back relax get pretty smashed on friday which is to be honest what we all did and uh, then recover until Monday. I can go into work just feeling a bit more fresh. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's, it's a three-day bender is what it is, mate, <laughs> if they play on a Friday. <laughs> yes. But you know what? I'm no longer worried as, boys, because it is quite clear that this season is effed in the B, and next year <laughs> is our year. Well, Squid, you know who's effed in the B? Our Muppet of the Week. Now, Muppet of the Week this week, guys, can only go to one man, and that is if you smell <laughs> what Mitch Barnett was fucking smoking. Jesus. <laughs> Mate, that guy with the people's elbow to old Chris Smith, poor Generico, he got smoked, had a concussion, went on the ground, and it's just come out on Tuesday that he actually has been found guilty for dangerous no reckless dangerous contact so he's been out for six weeks boys thoughts well you'd have to say mitch barnett has reached rock bottom <laughs> <laughs> it's like a brahma bull in a china shop he really is do you think he walked into the judiciary and he was like finally mitch barnett is back <laughs> what's actually pretty funny is mitch barnett went in there waiting for the judiciary to claim it and he goes how many weeks do i have and they go are oh, you about to have sick and he goes it doesn't matter how many weeks i have 
It doesn't matter how many weeks you give me. <laughs> gold. Absolute gold. Well, there you go, boys. Muppet of the Week. I think that's a high contender for the steady of Muppet of the Year right there, eh? Just, I know it's only week three. I know I'm crazy. But uh, moving on to our Sponsor of the Week. Oh, damn, it's Sponsor of the Week. Dollar bills, y'all. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> now, banging down the door in my office this week, boys, is Cecil's Man Straps. And this one's a little bit personal, actually. Uh, I had an issue last weekend where I needed uh, a little bit of problem solving and uh, happened to have to grab for my man straps. So funny little things, and they can solve a lot of issues. But uh, the motto is the little tape that could. So I'll let you use your imagination to uh, go with that one. But Squid, I hear you uh, know all about these things. <laughs> yeah, mate, I'm rather familiar with them. I um, had to... You know, has Cecil's man straps a couple of times in uh, my football career. You know, you can get some rogue feet, some rogue elbows, rogue hands, and some uh, very funny motions. But the good thing about them is they come uh, for all sizes. You've got your standard 32 mils. You've got your little juniors or LJ's 28 mils. And uh, <laughs> you've even got the, the weird and wonderful uh, Trojan size of the 36 mils. So, you know, no shaft is too big or too small, and you can, you're covered by all. Uh, so we might have to get into old Kurt Mann's uh, DMs this week and just, you know, point him into the right direction. Give him a hand. <laughs> Let me interrupt you there, Squid. I can't have you ramble on. I know once you start talking about them straps, you're on them for days. But enough about that ramble, and we're off to ramble time. Let's get ready to ramble! Now to kick off ramble time, we've had three cockroaches slide up from under the table after seeing a few losses to step into the Queensland coaching team. So they're also known as the immortal trio of uh, Smith, uh, Slater and Josh Hannay. So boys, what do you think about these three cockroaches making another appearance? Well, you actually forgot Thurston, but uh, in my opinion, mate, you got one who loves to whinge and moan at every call, one who can infiltrate the refs and uh, one to teach the boys some cheating tactics so it's a bold strategy cotton and uh, let's see if it pays off for them very bold strategy indeed there coach but to quote the ninth immortal Paul gallon the two-headed queenslanders look like they're trying to put all their brain together for this one actually just got a dm slide from paul gallon um he's keen to hear about what's on the ladder because that's his favorite section boys it's ladder talk ladder talk <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Squid's going to be leading off ladder talk this week. So I uh, appreciate that, Coach. It's not often that I get a chance to, you know, lead on a segment, but here we go. The ladder this week for the National Rugby League winter season, we've got the Broncos in first place, the Dragons in second, the Titans in third, and the Roosters rounding off the fourth spot. And that is your top four for the NRLW this week. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, bro, you're uh, reading off the wrong ladder, bro. It's the NRLW. Yeah, yeah, the National Rugby League winter season. No, no, that's that's the women's league, mate. You're, you're looking at the completely different table. The, the new competition, you know? Oh, I thought it was like, because it says that they played five games, and I was like, I actually was starting to feel really bad. I was like, fuck, I must have gone on more like a 14-day bend and the Warriors <laughs> lost twice, and I skipped a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, understandable, mate. Happens to the worst of us, but... Um... Anyway, move, LJ, have you uh, got anything on that or talk? Speaking about the worst of us, let's have a live look at where the West Tigers are on the table. And if you keep scrolling down by the credits, there they are in 16th. Fuck, they are terrible. And man, I wish I had Madge's job. 
Who else gets paid to fail miserably for three years, blame everyone else, then get a fucking contract extension? He's living the dream. I've actually just jumped on the correct ladder now, boys, and I can see it. But LJ, they've actually got the Voldemorts down at 17th. So they've prepared them one season earlier and uh, put the Dolphins in there. Already (laughs) ahead of them. So it looks like it's not getting any better for the West Voldemorts. Oh, fuck, I hate the West Tigers. But anyway, boys, heading straight back up to the top of the table. And we all know premierships are built off of defense. And I got to say, I did not pick this team at the start of the year. But uh, the proof is in the stats. Big Bad Chad's Cowboys are currently the most defensive team in the competition. The closest team to them is the Panthers, who are only on 44 points, plus or minus. So take a look at that. It makes me cry a little, uh, as imagine if Cameron George didn't fuck around and actually offered Peyton a real coaching job when he had the chance. Fuck, he's really turning things up north around. It's it's fantastic to see and uh, really upsets me, because look at the Warriors. He's just got that no-nonsense mentality, and the Warriors just have no sense. So, I mean, it would have been a match made in heaven. One cent is better than no sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Cowboys performance is a game that I could watch again. And speaking of games to watch this weekend... I have actually gone with the Cowboys versus the Rooters because the Cowboys are playing so well the last couple of weeks. I just want to find out if they are really consistent coming up against one of the Premiership heavyweights, quotation marks. Now, the Rooters played like a bunch of cocks, so are they still even considered heavyweights? Well, apparently they're not expecting to win another Premiership because one of the coaching staff said it's purely on Sam Walker's defense. So they're putting all their Premiership blame on one kid. Oh, brutal. Well, for me, the game of the round has to go to the Panthers versus the Rabbitohs. A big return, of course, for the Panthers of Nathan Cleary, the big dog. And uh, this is a game that you know that both teams had circled on their calendar. Being a grand final rematch, oh, it's going to be awesome. Now, both teams are mildly at full strength, maybe missing a couple of players each. And uh, you know what? I love the Rabbitohs. And if James Fisher-Harris can get healthy and make the field, oh, they better look out. But then again, oh, I'm torn. After last week's thrashing of the Rooters, who knows? Oh, boys, I just can't pick him. <laughs> this is one that just gets me so fucking excited. I love rugby league. Hate the West Tigers, though. You're excited. Feel these nipples. <laughs> Jesus, talking about that game has got me excited about the Sharks versus Knights, which is my games to watch for two reasons. One, fuck the Knights and that overrated piece of shit Ponga. Would love to see them smashed. And two, oh, look at that majestic hair. The hair twins. They are the new Nullaval Pulitur of yesteryear. Nico Hines and Talakai. Those hairdos are amazing. They just flow in the wind as they're running through scoring tries. This game is going to be a dead set bell ringer. There are going to be people flying into each other because they've got some beefy lads up there. And oh, it's going to be a hard one. There might be some voice calls if uh, the game doesn't go the right way. You know what I'm saying? Well, mate, if the game gets too exciting, I've got Cecil's man straps contact details right here for you. Now, are those straps good for 1v1s? Yeah, mate, 1v1s, 1v2s, Jason Bakuya's, anything. Well, Coach, you better set me off two sets because in my 1v1, I'm talking about more beefy boys. Oh, Jack Whiten and Kieran Foran have got me excited. These beefy boys just love running it at each other, just running it hard into the line as standoffs. Now, these standoffs are huge. Just like Nicky Hines is the biggest seven we've seen in the game. 
We haven't seen a halves pairing this big since uh, Squid and Me when we're back <laughs> in the Newland Stags day as the six and seven. Actually, one game we both got weighed out. Uh, Squid and I had to strip down to stubs, do a few laps around the field, then weigh in dehydrated as fuck, sneaking in at 84.9 before making the field. Now that's just pure fitness and training to get you right under that belt right before kickoff. Like training for the perfect fight, and I think that's what you're going to get from Jack Wyden and Kieran Foran this weekend. Who's your 1v1 coach? Well, guys, it's got to be... Oh, this one's a goodie. This is a goodie. Will Smith versus Tyrone Benchy. And I was actually reading that uh, there's a little bit of controversy around whether Smith will actually make the field this weekend, as apparently he's involved in some little altercation. Now, I didn't read the details, but... Coach, that was Big Willie style. Will Smith, the actor, you know, Independence Day... Men in Black, Men in Black 2, Men in Black 3. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, well, well, that makes sense then. Um, it would have been pretty weird if I picked two bench players for my 1v1. Far out. Well, uh, how about you, Squid? This week, boys, I've got the back fence versus Here Comes the Pain. And that could only be Bunty Arfoa versus Pain Haas. Two hard-running, beefy boys slapping bitter beef. Out of the frying pan, straight into the barbecue. These boys will be bringing the heat. And you can damn near expect an earthquake in the middle of that pitch this weekend. And it is going to be great. Because he's a super coach, super coach. He's super coach, Oh, my favorite segment, super coach corner. <laughs> now, admittedly, I didn't go that great this weekend. I actually did pretty ratchet. I didn't even score 900 points. But there's two things to remember. Always remember to review your team lists before the boys run out on Thursday. It may seem simple, but trust me, I had a quick look on Wednesday, thought it was all sweet, and then kickoff happened, and fuck me. I named Amoni in half, and if I did my research like I usually would, I would have realized that round one, he had a terrible fucking score. Round two, he got an okay score, and I just oversight got to me, and I left him there. You don't sound like a defending champion there, Coach. You sound more like a rookie. Oh, that squid, that's where my second point comes into play. It's only early, boys. It's only early. Just like I did last year, it's okay to swallow a few losses early as long as you come back strong after origin. You cash in those cash cows, you knuckle down, get those big hitters, and bang, you're an instant premier. Now, Kosh, out of all due respect, that's a fucking stupid strategy. <laughs> you want to start winning from round one and continue winning. Now, the first week, I talk on Trob. Now, producer Trob's had a pretty good team for all reckoning, from what I've heard, but I dismantled them. Rumor is a few of them have actually stormed into management asking for a trade. Now, I don't know how that's going to work, but I might end up with 40 players in my team after last week. But what I really appreciate is Scotty. He's changed his plan up again, and he actually got one up on Kosh. So he is the Wildcat week in, week out. Now, now, I'm not one for excuses, but hear me out. I actually think I've figured out Scott's strategy. You know how he didn't name a team until like week three? He was waiting for the uh, the BEs to be announced. Which players are going to be increasing in value? Which players are off to a solid start? And then you name your team. It's actually genius. I, I, I applaud you, Scotty. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've, I must finish it off because I want to keep talking about how I beat Trob. Um, the only thing that was better than beating Trob was the fact I logged in and the colonel's just showering me in chicken, like the scene in American Beauty, but more delicious and tasty. Oh, Squid, how'd you go? No, Kosh, no offense, but you sound like an idiot. 
you can't be offended because I said no offense. That's how the rules work. But for me, I I placed up against uh, Maddie. Here comes the hot stepper, and he steps straight into the losers' corner. <laughs> First up win for Big Squid. Not bad. You know, over a thousand points. It was quite easy in that first week, wasn't it, Kosh? Um, but what I'm doing is I'm timing my run to peak in the middle of the season. The Ivan Cleary tactic, peaking early. And then while you jerks are all out playing finals, I'll be back with my feet up, sipping beers in West Auckland. <laughs> interesting, interesting. But uh, you know what else is interesting, though? Our brand new segment, which we started last week, misheard it here first. We obviously started this one last week, team, and I don't think any of our predictions came into play. I think, LJ, you probably got the closest, but without getting it correct, no one places that $5 bet towards the West Tigers. Phew. All right. Now this week, producer Trob, what do we got? The Storm versus the Bulldogs. Oh, this is a top-of-the-table clash if I ever did see it. Both teams in the top eight. Now, LJ went first last week, so I think, Squid, what's your prediction for this game? Well, it's quite interesting because the Bulldogs are playing it pretty tight. Um, they're not really leaking too many points, but they're not scoring enough, and that seems to be a, an issue for them trying to win. You know, again, another bold strategy. We see them all the time, but I feel like the Melbourne Storm are just going to be so pissed after last week, especially losing that extra time. And then the Bulldogs having to go into extra time as well. I'd say they just won't have the same recovery as the Storm. And the Storm will run all over them. And it's going to be the Storm versus the Bulldogs of old. And I'm expecting a big win from the Storm. Oh, nice. Well, I'll go second. And I'm going to keep it nice and simple. Our old mate Debbie hasn't had any luck lately. So I honestly think that the Bulldogs, who were basically her favorite customer last year, are going to get the first Debbie's Donuts of the season. Let's go. Big call. Big call. Oh, I think you've got it half right there, Kosh. I feel like there's going to be a Debbie Donut score, but it's only going to be at half time. And it's not the Bulldogs who will be on zero. It will be Melbourne. And Melbourne are going to be munching down on them as they're down 10-0 at the break. But then once they've munched down those donuts, they're going to come out flying and putting on a 40-point second-half performance to win 40-10. Fantastic. That's that's bold. I like all three of our guesses, guys, our predictions. That's gold. Let's look. I look forward to this game now. I might actually watch it. I mean, it's this or Love Island on Sunday night, so really, really keen on Love Island. Well, you can bet your bottom dollar that I won't be watching Love Island, but speaking of bets, let's head on over to TAB time. Now, kicking off TAB time, a big fucking well done to myself. Little pats on the back. Uh, Thursday night, put the Sharks on. Put first try score on Sione Katoa. My boy Talakai to score try and the Sharks to win. So that was a nice little $200 pick-me-up. But now for the game that no one's going to watch, Thursday night footy. Got first try score of that beast, Maju, going over early and often. He might get three, but here's my first try scorer. Squid, who do you have? Now, I know we're doing first try scorers this week, and I've got a bold strategy because that's the theme of the podcast this week. And the bold strategy is Will Smith off the bench to score the first try. Now, he might not even be on the field when the first try is about to go down, but he's going to run up, slap the ball out of that player's hand who's about to score, and he's going to say, Take that damn ball out of your motherfucking hands. <laughs> it's bold, but hey, stranger things have happened. 
Oh, that's that's bold, all right. But nothing as bold as my TAB time pick this week, and it is Jock Madden. Now, a funny little story about this jock kid is that um, when he was born, he was actually born over in the United States of America. His parents obviously went over for a holiday and thought it was a good idea to head along to a high school football game. You know, the the A-double-C-X-L-W-N-C-A <laughs> games, you know, those high school games. Well, they were at one of those. And then, of course, his mum went into labor. Uh, they had to actually pull her onto the field and make a bit of room. And uh, they called out, is anyone a doctor? Is anyone a doctor? And there steps up this beautiful man. He was the star quarterback for the opposing team. It was absolutely beautiful. So he delivered this kid. They thought that it was a great, bold idea to think of calling the kid after what they call their sports people in Jock, the man who delivered him. So, yeah, wonderful stuff. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, unheard story there, Coach. And it was between Jock and his other potential name of Blue 42. Now, what happened was this beautiful quarterback got into his standard position, got the mother who was giving birth into the position of like a center wood, and he just reached in there and just yelled, Blue 42, Blue 42, and then just pulled the baby out. Out came young Jock, and he was about to what looked like was going to throw the ball, but he actually... It actually threw it, but it didn't go that far because it was still connected to the umbilical cord. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say he got intercepted. (laughs) I think we got some mail. Coach, I actually heard we've got some emails through. Maybe two this week. We do. We do, actually. So, listeners, do remember that you can email us through to the nrlback3 at gmail.com or hit us up on our Facebook page. This one came through Facebook, and it's from one Ruben Stagger. And he says, hey, boys, where's the Bears past midday calls this year? I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. Fair call. Fair call. Now, LJ, I'm going to throw this straight over to you. I think you are the expert in this uh, this whole scenario. Okay, Ruben, I've got your back. It's how many beers pass midday until kickoff. So if you're kicking off at seven, that's seven beers. But there's a special rule. If it's your favorite team, then you can start drinking at 10. That's an extra two beers. So Saturday, kickoff at 7.30. If it's your favorite team, that's nine beers. And that is a good game. Any other questions on this, boys? So LJ, you've explained to us how you get to the game. What happens when the game actually starts? Do the drinking rules actually change? Or is it each man at his own pace? Or is there a set standard to get yourself through the game? Oh, it's a minimum two drinks per half um, with a sneaky sneaky scale at halftime. If you want to, you know, stay rehydrated and all that. But yeah, two per half. So if you've had seven before, that's 11. That's almost your box. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. And round four is just around the corner, and I cannot wait. Come on, kickoff. Tonight's going to be amazing. But anyway, I hope you all are having a fantastic week, and we'll see you right here next week on the NRL Back 3 podcast. Did you guys hear that Mad's got a pay rise? You're damn right.